That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that we have for you there. Uh, They're all completely free. In fact, you can take control of the content of the site by, when you find something online that you want to share with our listeners, submitting it as show prep. And then other listeners can vote, and you get to vote on things as well. The most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So do head over there and get interactive uh, and freetalklive.com. By the way, uh, to vote on, the most important voting page is the upcoming stories queue, because that's where all of the brand new stuff is that everybody has submitted to the site within, say, the last 24 or 48 hours or so. So make sure you click the upcoming stories uh, button, or not button, but the, the link there on the front page to get to one of the most important parts of the site, where you can vote up the brand new stuff on the site. All right, so once again, freetalklive.com in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Derek J. Good evening, Derek. This may be your last in-studio appearance on Free Talk Live for the at least immediate future. Yeah, that's right. I'll be beginning my exile tour this week. Uh, starting Thursday, I'll be leaving for <gasps> Philadelphia. So soon. I know. It's re- it's really around the corner. Uh, so folks will be able to follow that at livefreeordance.com. And uh, there will be... Um, new videos appearing uh, daily as soon as the Exile Tour kicks off. It won't begin exactly on Thursday, but mm-hmm. I will be leaving the Shire then. So uh, you're going to Philly to start things out with, is that right? Yep, that's right. Uh, the Philly Occupy movement is still around. Are uh, they? So, yeah, some of these uh, Occupy movements, they're, they're not intense anymore, but there are you know still people who meet on a regular basis. And I want to cover what's going on with any Occupy movement that's still in existence. Uh, they've, they've changed form in some pretty interesting ways in different parts of the country. And Philly's focus tends to be on feeding the homeless, which I think mm-hmm. is a great idea. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't like to see people start. Who does? So uh, I'm glad that there are people who are using their time, energy, resources, and gifts to feed uh, their neighbors. Absolutely. And so you'll be covering your whole experience. It's going to last approximately a year as uh, you exile yourself from New Hampshire due to basically them having your number and the government guys being out for you. Uh, And I totally understand what that feels like uh, because I definitely feel that uh, that way sometimes, too. So you'll be uh, out of the reach, the immediate reach of the New Hampshire bureaucrats and aggressors. Uh, but of course, you'll also be, be within the reach of all the other various different aggressors across the country. And uh, you'll be meeting up with liberty-minded folks uh, along the way, along your tour, and uh, you know, hanging out and sharing ideas and uh, sharing stories and that sort of thing. Right? That's right. And this is going to be a really big year for activism in general, I think. Uh, there are a lot of exciting projects uh, that are going on, not just the Occupy movement, but people are... Um, really picking up speed with things like the uh, Raw Milk Freedom Riders and uh, Lemonade Freedom Day is just coming up around the corner. Oh, the second one, I believe, right? Because they, right. they did it last year uh, in Washington, D.C. and elsewhere, uh, Lemonade Freedom Day, where people generally with small children uh, would have their children set up a lemonade stand somewhere in public and sell illegal lemonade. Well, at least in some places it's illegal. It depends on where you live, but in a lot of uh, areas around the country, there have been police crackdowns on lemonade stands, which is what, uh, I guess, spawned Lemonade uh, Lemonade Liberation Day? 
Uh, Lemonade Freedom Day. Lemonade Freedom Day. Okay. I thought it used to be called Liberation Day, but I don't know. There's so many different – there's so many activism movements out there now within the liberty community, which is, of course, the ones that we focus on the most on this show, that it's it's almost getting hard to keep track. Well, isn't that exciting? I I think it's great that uh, all of these things are uh, spinning out of control in a really great way, Um, you know, getting moms and all different sorts of people involved that you might not expect uh, to become activists, you know, Um, but – People care about what they put in their bodies, and uh, they care about an entrepreneurial spirit, and it just so happens that lemonade and raw milk uh, you know, tend to marry those two. And you don't so want to mix really them together. That's <laughs> probably a really bad idea. But no. yeah, these are two constituencies, if you will, that are under fire by government bureaucrats. You've got uh, Amish farmers literally having sting operations run on their operation, you know, what they're doing with uh, with making raw milk. Uh, I remember a story about, I think it was like a Walgreens parking lot where two Amish girls got busted uh, for doing a deal with raw milk. They treat it like it's a drug. They talk about yeah. it as if it's like any... You know, like heroin or something. Like it's these crazy. Amish people, you know, I, I don't know. Just seeing the way they're dressed, it, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, they've got their little dresses and bonnets and to right. put them in handcuffs. It's <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. The, these are not the uh, Medellin cartel that are slinging raw milk around. But maybe it'll come to that eventually. I mean, if they uh, if they ban raw milk, maybe we'll have to turn to the criminal element uh, in order to, to get our hands on that sort of thing. Oh, my well, yeah, that is uh, just one of the uh, exciting activities that's going to be coming up, uh, promoting freedom and promoting the ideas of self-ownership and self-government. When, when is Lemonade uh, Freedom Day? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it's August 18th, 2012. Okay. So um, just around the corner, just to what, uh, just four weeks from now. So Now, I know that you exciting. have a plan to kind of loop back up to New Hampshire at uh, the beginning portion of the... Uh, the exile tour because you want to attend a Demo Freeman's trial. Yeah, that's pretty important to me. A Demo is facing 21 years for felony wiretapping here in uh, New Hampshire. Um, some folks may be familiar with the case on that. I also think there's a there's a Facebook event where people can learn more about it. But uh, basically, he was doing some investigative journalism and. Um, recorded some uh, interactions with law enforcement and public servants and uh, has been charged with wiretapping for recording those conversations, even though he was explicit about being on the record and uh, looking for a statement. I don't know if he actually told them specifically he was recording, but he did tell them that they were being uh, interviewed for like a news piece. Yeah, absolutely. So they should have known that they were being recorded. They should have known they were on the record. And that's absolutely outrageous. And uh, actually, I heard from the demo briefly yesterday. He called me from the jail, uh, and it, they give you one of these free calls right out the gate to, I guess, loop you into signing up for their their call program thing. And uh, so I wasn't able to have much of a conversation with him, and I haven't heard back from him yet. I am actually still trying to get this calling thing set up. These things are so unwieldy, so difficult to deal with sometimes. These call centers, these providers, they're essentially third-party providers. They uh, contract with the various different jails around the country, and they essentially team up to feed the jail oodles and oodles of dollars and of course they take uh, a nice cut i'm sure a healthy cut off the top for themselves to the point where the da- uh, the jail that a demo is in they uh, each jail can set up different parameters on their phones so this jail is different from the cheshire jail the one that you spent time in the keen spiritual retreat uh this one just is a flat rate so you can have a one minute conversation or a 20 minute conversation and it's two dollars and 80 cents per call 
Wow, that's uh, <clears throat> well, that could really be a good deal for some people. It could be. It, do they do the same thing? It's, now you received this call, so you would know. Do they um, allow a person to speak for just a few seconds? Oh, hi, you know, hi, Ian. I, I need you to sign up for this plan, and then yeah. they cut you off and yeah. say, "All like, right, give us money now." Right. It's like I don't know how long the the time limit is, but it's, it's fairly short. Okay, because while I was at my time in uh, the Cheshire County House of Corrections, it used to be that they would give you a minute to you know sort of explain where you are. Right. And say what you need, and uh, they've changed the phone plan to the where they only give you five seconds. So you just hear the person's voice it's ridiculous. for just five seconds. They, we they, had longer than five seconds. I'm not good. sure how long it was, and actually, we ended up hanging up. He ended up hanging up before uh, the time ran out. Which actually ended up me- meaning that they didn't let me set up the account on the, the phone line, so I had to contact them separately. It's just been a nightmare trying to get this thing uh, operational. But anyway, you were going to come back up for a demo's uh, trial. That's right. And so Lemonade Freedom Day is the 18th, which probably will be after the trial. Are That's you right. planning on going down to D.C. for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, Abs- cool. Absolutely. I'll be in D.C. for that. Um, there's going to be an event that uh, starts on the 18th on, at noon. But then um, there, you know, there are going to be other activities yet to be announced, and so I'll be there for at least the seventeenth uh, and eighteenth. Now I know you're going to be tempted to do something like sell lemonade, but uh, no you way, are, man! You, I'm going to be recording. You are totally going to like stay kind of out of the civil disobedience realm and just do the recording kind of media guy yes. thing. Yes, right? <laughs> yes, no right. way. Definitely don't want you stacking up charges outside of uh, the Shire. Heck no! Uh, I'll just be uh, shining a spotlight on the civil disobedience. Excellent. So live for dance.com is where it will be blogged and we'll continue here derek you're with us all night so which is great 855-450-FREE that's 1-855-450-3733 coming up the chevy volts and the heavy taxpayer subsidization uh, derek will tell us more it's free talk live MineThings.com is a fun online game that pits you against people around the world to mine for scarce resources. Do business in a capitalist economy with virtually mined gold tax-free. You could be a trader doing business between cities, a pirate lying in wait for hapless traders, a guard capturing pirates, or one of nine other professions. It doesn't require a big-time commitment. Your mining robots work whether you're logged in or not. It costs nothing to play, but you can buy bonuses. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com. Use coupon code FTL. Double your mining speed. It's free. MineThings.com. Talk live. Dial in toll free. Bring up anything you want at 855 450 free. It's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 855 450 3733. And you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that we have there for you, including listening options. Uh, we have live streams and they are available for you 24 7. However, you should be aware that we are in the process of changing uh, over to the cloud. Uh, this week, our server is, has been in the same place for a long time. It's been sitting in a rack somewhere, and now we're moving to cloud service. Uh, so that'll mean there may be some minor interruptions in service. Earlier today, I uh, put up some notices on the website and sent out emails and Facebook updates and Twitters and, and such, uh, letting people know that we have moved uh, a couple of our streams. So normally we offer you low, middle, and high bandwidth streaming solutions. So therefore, if you've got a you know maybe a crappy internet connection like dial-up, you can listen to the low bandwidth one and that'll work for you. Whereas if you've got all kinds of bandwidth, you can use the high bandwidth stream. 
Uh, today, our low and mid bandwidth streams on the Free Talk Live site, as well as LRN.fm, did move to a different server. So if you are a regular internet listener, that may mean you'll have to reload uh, your internet stream in order to get it to work. Uh, but all the details are there at freetalklive.com, on the listen page, and also at LRN.fm as far as if you need to change anything, it'll give you the information that you need, the new IP addresses and stuff like that. But hopefully for most of you, uh, it'll be a seamless and smooth transition. Uh, if not, you can certainly contact via the Facebook page or email me at com, and we'll uh, work it out for you. Let's go to the phones, though, and talk to you about what's on your mind. We'll go to Fred in Long Beach, California. Fred, you're on Free Talk Live. Good hey, evening. How you doing? Hey, hey what's, you know what, what I was thinking about? What's that? I was thinking, hey. What about all these veterans that are coming back from the wars that are unconstitutional? And Uncle Sam made them promises, promises, and, and Uncle Sam can't cash that check that he promised these people. You know, what, what's their natural response going to be to Uncle Sam when they realize that Uncle Sam made them promises, promises? I'd say they're probably going to be pretty upset about that. And, and they're going to try to mess Uncle Sam up, and that's why Homeland Security has labeled them as enemy combatants and is teaching the Boy Scouts of America not only let pedophiles touch them, but uh, also to do black ops missions and destroy and destroy. Hold on a second. Veterans Did you just say that they are training the Boy Scouts to do black op missions? Of course they are. There's funding from the Department of Homeland Security. There's grants. In Come the on. Allocation. Wait, wait. What is kind there... of black ops are you, are we talking about here? Just like spying on the neighbors, seeing if they're putting <laughs> no. their recycling yeah, in the wrong that... bin or what? That that's the minimum. I mean, but it it's, it goes deeper than that. To teach them like like the twelve and thirteen, fourteen year olds how to do paintball stuff, and the target is supposedly disgruntled veterans. What? <laughs> now, do they you draw pictures of veterans that they shoot paintballs at. Hold on. Now, is there actually I'm any? I'm talking ex- about like. Are you familiar with war games? You know what war games is. Sure. Now, I'm just curious. I mean, what is your source for this information? Do you actually have uh, somebody that you know that's in the Boy Scouts that's telling you all this? Is there some kind of an expose uh, online? Where we no, can... but, I mean, the Alex Jones show covered this. Uh, oh, well, that doesn't Joey mean Riley that it's true, right? A million other ones. Just because just you hear something on the radio doesn't mean it's true, right? Correct, but see, they showed where their sources are from. I mean, and where, what, link, is, what are the sources? Do you know? Not, um, people they knew that were inside of the administration of the of the boy scouts from, yeah the higher-ups they they whistle blew they leaked documents and said that they'd received their administration had received a lot of grant money from the department of homeland security to make programs that help the boy scouts of america you know have little programs like i don't i don't doubt uh fred that the department of homeland security is funneling some money to the boy scouts for the purpose of indoctrinating the boy scouts even more so into the ideas of nationalism and the belief that the government is good i mean the boy scouts have for years uh been advocating positions like this i'm certainly no fan of the boy scouts but to believe that they are sending them on black ops missions uh seems uh well pretty ridiculous I didn't say they're sending them on there. I said they're preparing them to take on returning veterans that have been labeled disgruntled. That's what that's well, part of pre- the They're preparing the Boy Scouts to take them on? Like what, in a firefight? To hand-to-hand yeah, combat? I'm sa- yeah, they're teaching them this kind of... Well, <laughs> they're, they're getting them into this kind of thing to do it with paintballs first and train for that kind of thing. Uh-huh. But they're, they're telling them that... I mean, you, you look at this. Every, every administration out there... It's paranoid. Fred, 
it's not like you sound afraid. I mean, there are th- certainly things to be afraid of. The, I share your concern for veterans who are coming back from unconstitutional yeah. wars, but rather than be afraid, why, let's be compassionate towards these people. They're, they're going to need a lot of healing and a lot of understanding. And uh, well, That's what I'm saying, but how, what's that going to look like for average Joe? Me and you, if that if that kind of war happens, it means like making Our dinner for your neighbor is, if he's a veteran who's just returned. You know, like make make dinner for his his wife if he's not there. I, I mean, Fred, just show compassion. Absolutely. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Eight five five four fifty free. That uh, yeah. I mean, look, there's news here. If you look back, it's three years old at this point that the uh, Boy Scouts of America has announced a partnership with the Department of Homeland Security. This from uh, Infowars.com. On Ready Kids, a family-friendly program designed to increase the level of citizen preparedness nationwide by motivating and helping parents and teachers to educate children about the importance of being prepared for emergencies. I mean, really, that's a big difference between let's train the Boy Scouts to get into a firefight with uh, disgruntled military veterans who've come back and have been screwed over by uh, the you know the the Veterans Administration. It's a heck of an imagination that guy's got. Yeah. I I would <laughs> rather uh, direct that sort of energy towards uh, finding ways to promote peace. So. I mean, we could all just be afraid of the boogeyman here, but I don't see what good it's going to do anyone. I mean, if there were, if there was actually real evidence of this, I'd love to see it. Uh, I'd love there would to be s- pictures all over the place. Are you kidding? Well, I don't know if it's all hush hush. Maybe, uh, maybe only Boy Scouts are coming home and telling their parents, and maybe they're not supposed to. But I mean, you'd have to have some sort of real proof to show me that uh, the Boy Scouts, in some way, are actually being trained to defend against an onslaught of uh, angry veterans and crazed uh, veterans attacking the u.s government i don't i don't buy it chris yeah let's go to robert he's in new jersey uh robert you're on free talk live hey how you doing ian how you doing uh derek hey good to hear you robert What's on your mind robert um yeah i just wanted to uh bring up uh an event that we announced today it was uh lemonade freedom day um uh we we created the event last year and it was uh a big hit and uh we're doing it again and this time we're going to make it even bigger um, we've decided to join forces with the Raw Milk Freedom Riders, um, and we're basically uh, going to be having an event on the Capitol lawn by the uh, uh, reflecting uh, pond, or I forget what it's called there, um, over in uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be a big picnic. We're encouraging families to show up. Um, we want lots of, uh, uh you know, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun day where, uh, we're going to be celebrating, uh, voluntary exchange and food freedom. So this Excellent. is a, a family friendly event. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's, that's our, our, our whole goal. And in, in, in this issue, we want to get, uh, families involved. We want to get your, uh, you know, everyday, uh, people who don't normally get involved in, in these type of things, and uh, we want to make it a, a fun event for everybody. Robert, stand uh, by. We... Can you stick with us, talk more about this in a moment? Absolutely. All right, more with Robert here from Jersey talking about Lemonade Freedom Day. It's coming up, and this is not just something going on in D.C. This is nationwide. Uh, so we'll find out how you can get involved, 855-450-FREE, especially if you've got kids. But even if you don't, you can still do this. 855-450-3733. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at freetalklive.com. Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Uh, by the way, uh, some of the other listening options besides our live streams include the radio stations that carry the show throughout the week at various different times. Just got an exciting uh, deal with a couple new stations in North Carolina today. Hopefully we'll be announcing them at the beginning of next week. Uh, they're FM stations, which is uh, excellent news. So uh, you can go to listen.freetalklive.com to link to a full uh, list of those over 100 stations. Also, our satellite listening options are there for you, including XM Satellite Radio, where we are heard across the entire week, uh, over two different XM channels. We also have uh, the free-to-air KU band satellite option, the webcam, the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. And, of course, you can download archives and subscribe to the podcast over at listen.freetalklive.com. As we go back to Robert in New Jersey, uh, he is with us talking about Lemonade Freedom Day. It's something that kicked off the very first time last year. And, uh, Robert, you're back, and Lemonade Freedom Day is coming back. What's the website again, by the way? LemonadeFreedom.com. Lemonade and, uh, okay. Yeah, LemonadeFreedom.com. And I encourage everybody to visit the site and uh, sign up on the Facebook event page. We have a link there. We also have a uh, a chip-in page, uh, a donation page uh, to, to, to cover expenses. We're going to be actually doing a lot more than just, uh, you know, setting up a lemonade stand uh, this year. We're, we're going to have a picnic in the park. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of, uh, we're going to have a lot of food for everybody. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be good times. Uh, now, is, is any of that illegal too, uh, setting up picnics, putting out food? I mean, I have to ask these days because it seems like they're outlawing almost everything uh, in some aspect or another. So, I mean, is that also a disobedient act? Yeah, you know what? I, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the laws are in that park right there. Gotcha. Uh, we're just going to be a whole bunch, a whole lot of friends uh joining together, having a good time that day. So, now, this is going uh, to be guess, going on we'll in out. different locations, uh, Lemonade Freedom Day. So D.C., I imagine, you know, they're back on board. And how many places did this last year that you knew of? Oh, it was, um, I mean, we had over 2,000 participants from from what I counted. Oh. Um, all over the country. And then that's, that's you know, uh, organized groups, you know, all the way down to just, you know, a couple of kids uh, on a street corner selling uh lemonade with you know in front of their home or something like that but uh this this year is uh you know I'm, I'm still encouraging everybody to go out and uh sell lemonade and also with with the uh addition of the raw milk freedom riders we're, we're also encouraging the, the 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 selling of raw milk and cookies um and to make the event uh in dc we're we're we're, we're basically creating a a large event in dc uh, we have activists coming from all over the country, uh, raw milk activists, uh, mm-hmm. lemonade activists, uh, basically just, you know, freedom activists. Um, and the night before, on the 17th, which is Friday, 
we're having a rights workshop as well. So there's going to be speakers there uh, discussing uh, rights. I actually uh, have been in discussion with uh, Bradley Jardis about uh, coming to talk. And uh, while I'm on the phone with uh, you guys, I'd like to see if maybe uh, Derek would like to speak at that event as well. Excellent idea. Wow. It would be an honor. Thank you for asking, Robert. I would be happy to go. Awesome. Fantastic. Robert, that sounds exciting. I'm glad to hear that it's happening again, and I hope that uh, it is mostly unmolested as it was last year. Uh, the only people that I know of that were arrested were non-children. Uh, it was Meg and a couple of other activists. Uh, Meg, who used to be on this radio program, uh, living now down in the uh, the D.C. area. That's right. There were three people who were arrested last time. Now, I, I imagine uh, Robert's probably thought of this, but with the mass numbers um, who are all gathering in one place to be uh, civilly disobedient, I would imagine that would greatly reduce the risk of arrest for any one person. Uh, is, that, is that sort of the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. And, and again, you know, I mean, uh, I, I obviously, you know, as, as you uh, mentioned, uh, Ian, uh, there's always the possibility of arrest with, you know, any peaceful uh, event these days. Nothing is uh, off limits to, to, to the, the, uh, the ludicrous laws that exist. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, it's important to, that people know that, you know, there is the possibility of arrest, but we are uh, promoting this as a very peaceful event, and, uh, you know, nobody going into it has to uh, get arrested. It can be um, bailed out. Uh, I mean, they could bail out at any given time. I, for one, have no intentions to get arrested in this event, uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what, I, what it takes to... Uh, Stay away from that, and you know I, I'm sure that there are activists who will be willing to be to, to to get arrested, you know, and and that would be all up to them. So you know, it's it's kind of you know each person has to determine their own. Uh, well, it's pretty own, unlikely uh, that the cops are just going to roll up on a lemonade stand and move immediately to handcuffing people, especially since they've uh, hopefully learned a lesson. If I'm recalling correctly, weren't the charges dropped on the lemonade three uh, from last year? Yes, they were. Um, yeah, uh, it was uh, Meg, Will, and uh, and Cat, and they were all dropped on all three of them. Right. Now, it was a bit of an ordeal. It was kind of a harrowing process. There was a lot of intimidation involved. Uh, so, you know, obviously you're dealing with the state. You never know what they're going to do. But hopefully the park police in, the, in D.C. have learned uh, and they will be aware that this is happening again. And they'll know that they probably shouldn't do things the way they did them last time. And maybe that will result in even less uh, of an, uh, an abusive experience uh, for those people that are engaging in selling lemonade. But generally, the way it works is the cops will approach a lemonade stand with young people working at it. And they will threaten them. They will tell them that they'll need some sort of a permit uh, in order to sell and that they need to shut down. And usually... If you shut down at that point, you could avoid uh, being arrested. But if you don't shut down, then things get interesting. And so I guess we'll see what happens. And Derek J. will be there to cover it. Uh, Robert, thanks for the call tonight. Anything else you want to get out? Um, no, that's all. I just want to also mention that, you know, that, that, that again, this is a, a lot more than just myself. There's a lot of people uh, involved in this. There's uh, Eddie Free is assisting, as he did last year uh, with the D.C. event. And, uh uh, Liz Liz Reitzig is also uh, going to be you know we're we're also organizing this and she's she was she's a big activist in uh, in the Raw Milk Freedom Riders and she yeah I think up, that takes uh, this to a new level because it was the uh, the Raw Milk Freedom Riders that went to D.C. I think it was sometime either early this year or late last year 
uh, where they kind of made a pilgrimage to uh, to DC and um, and essentially I think bought and sold raw milk openly and they uh, you know were not arrested for it. Uh, they I guess they yeah. well, they carried it, no, they carried it across state lines if I'm not mistaken, which is like a federal crime or something like that, right? Actually, and yeah, they also um, they also brought a cow there to the to the Capitol lawn, which was grazing <laughs> on the Capitol, and they milked the cow there and 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 distributed uh, uh, raw milk from the cow. So wow. that was pretty interesting. Doesn't get much more raw than that, Robert. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at eight five five four fifty free. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Let's go to Hassan, listening in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Hassan. Hello. Uh, I'm in New York. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Apologize. Go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I basically wanted to talk about, um, like, many times, like, the knee-jerk reaction to when someone is questioning about, like, when you ask somebody, like, oh, do you feel like they need government, they'll immediately go to the, ro- the roads. But basically, it seems like the government hardly does anything by itself, like, except killing and other harmful processes. It really doesn't do anything by itself. It mainly, it mainly contracts out work. So I see it as like, like think of this scenario, like your water heater breaks, you pay $100 to have somebody fix it, compared to you paying a bureaucrat like fifty dollars or $60,000 a year to monitor your water heater. So when it breaks, it can then take $100 out of your bank account and repair your heater. Yeah, road repair doesn't need to be very expensive. Uh, I know that Jason Talley was looking into it from uh, fr33agents.com. And uh, they, he had looked into different options as far as, you know, if you've got like a crack in the road or a hole, a pothole or something, what can you fill that with? And there are a variety of different options out there. Some of them are a little more expensive than others, but they last a lot longer. They're better materials. Uh, but none of them were very expensive in, the, you know, the whole, you know, the scheme of things. It was a very affordable process. Really, it's mostly the labor of going out and, uh, and filling the hole. And then you're probably dealing with government bureaucrats who are union and getting all kinds of money for that. It's, it's a- a lack of imagination problem, Hassan. Uh, people who can't imagine people coming together to be- build roads for their own benefit, uh, they just need some more more imagination. Hassan, I don't know if you have more if you do. You're welcome to stick with us here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. We can return to you and also take your calls about whatever's on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. Also still to come, the latest on the ridiculous Chevy Volt. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website. Head over to freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find a variety of different uh, features that we give to you, unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for their site. So go to freetalklive.com and enjoy. And if you like the show, you can help support Free Talk Live by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. Now, AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is you send in $3 per month via any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And that $3 per month is then invested into the show so we can get on more radio stations 
and bring more internet listeners on board as well. So bringing more people to the ideas of freedom. I'll give you one example of uh, some of the money that we spend. Uh, several hundred dollars goes to a service uh, each month called uh, Talk Shows USA, which is run by a talk radio veteran. Like a guy who's been around for a long time. He knows all the people that you need to know in the business. And um, and he's got this service where he offers different shows to radio stations that need programming. And because he's been around for a long time, there are program directors who will turn to him and they'll say, hey, what do you got for me? And he'll say, oh, you could try this or this or this. And so Free Talk Live is one of his stable of shows that he offers to stations. And he called me up today letting me know about uh, two brand new stations. We're probably going to get on board next week in uh, North Carolina that that basically – I mean I'd been working on them for years, but essentially he scored it for me. And so he's kind of basically a a professional lead sender. Like he sends me hot uh, stations to – uh, to bring on board, and so it's it's well worth uh, the money that we're spending. Wow, that almost sounds dirty, but I know what you're you're saying. He's yeah. just promoting the show. He's doing a great job too, and so it's because we have the amplifiers on board is how we can afford to uh, to pay for this uh, service, among other things like buying satellite hardware for new affiliates or going to radio conventions as we did in June, going to the talk radio convention at Talkers Magazine in New York City, where I actually had the uh, pleasure of sitting on the uh, the talk rumble panel where they. They put a bunch of talk show hosts from across the you know left-right spectrum, if you will, uh, on stage. And this was the first time they've ever had anybody up there from a Liberty perspective. Did they want so, you guys to rumble? They did, uh, verbally, uh, okay. a verbal rumble. And uh, so there were like 10 talk show hosts, a bunch of lefties and righties, and then I was up there, which just totally threw a completely different perspective into the mix and it was a lot of fun and eventually that video hopefully will be online we'll let you know when that happens and you can go see what it was like the guy was up there with uh, tom hartman who's a well-known progressive uh, talk show host and uh, some of the other uh, more new i guess fresh hosts in the business anyway it was a blast so we're doing these things because of the free talk live amp program you can go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up there uh, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can get 18,000 radio stations from around the world, Pandora, Opio, Live 365, and MP3 Tunes with C-Crane CC Wi-Fi Internet Radio. You can use it wherever you've got a usable Wi-Fi signal in your home. And uh, that means that you can get all this stuff for free. I mean, as far as you, know, you have to pay for your internet connection, but there's no subscription for the use of the radio once you buy this thing and i just went to see crane's site today it's uh, they've had a price cut on it it's down to like 140 bucks or something like that or even less uh and you can go and use uh mention free talk live when you check out at ccrane.com and you'll get a free led uh flashlight so it's a great product and you get all your favorite uh, internet stations on there ccrane.com so including free talk live lrn.fm and maybe your favorite radio stations from uh you know at the am and fm band if they've got streams and of course all manner of just uh unusual music and talk content that's available from around the world ccrane.com as we go to uh, let's talk to Robert, listening in Tampa. You're on Free Talk Live, Robert. Hi, hi. First off, uh, let me just say I love your show. I never miss it, and it has completely changed my view on pretty much everything. Oh gosh, that's awful nice of you. But I think that you changed your view. We just talked into some microphones. Yeah. Well, okay. I guess. Uh, also, second thing, Derek J. I'm really happy to hear that you're out of jail. Hey, thanks, Robert. Okay. Uh, now I, you know, I work during the day, and I get home at night, and I'm just relaxing. And I mean, I can see why you moved out of Florida. Liberty here is dying. 
so badly. And anyway, I got home last night and turned on the news, and yeah, I know it's the news, but apparently in one of the counties here in Tampa, the bureaucrats have a problem with uh, people sitting on sidewalks. What? So they are bringing it up in the next couple weeks to uh, city council or something that to make it a crime punishable by like $50 fine or something to sit on a sidewalk. What are they so calling is this here? another move to sweep out the homeless, Robert? Uh, they say it's not, but I mean, really, the homeless problem really isn't that bad here. Well, it may I not mean, be a homeless. A... It may not be so much to directly target the homeless, but it's certainly going to be something that targets poor people. Uh, because if you think about it, uh, how many rich folk are sitting out on the stoop? You know, people uh, with a lower income. Really are, yeah, people with a lower income are more likely to be hanging out on the front of their building or sitting on a sidewalk or or something like that. Yeah, and people without AC. Well, the, yeah. hopefully there aren't very many people like that in Florida. Otherwise, they won't live uh, for very long because they'll <laughs> die of heat stroke. Uh, we can get away yeah. with it up here in, in you know the Northeast, but uh, down there, not so much. So what are they going to do? Are they going to make this like a town ordinance? Yeah, they say the ordinance isn't aimed at homeless people, but, I mean, everybody, it's just causing such a big commotion. I mean, everybody's saying, what are they doing? You know, it's just sitting outside. What's the harm in it? Right. I mean, does it make the city look bad if they have people sitting on a sidewalk or even in a grass under a you know, shady tree or something? They actually said it's not about homeless people? Isn't that sort of a giveaway? Like, hey, we, yeah. we, we promise I, it's when, not when about I sweeping that, them away. I heard that it was. Sorry? Well, it's just like the, them bringing it up almost makes the case that that's what it's about. That's exactly what I thought. When I heard it and they said, oh, we're not really aiming it at homeless people, I said, yes, you are. That's exactly what you're doing. You're just trying to get homeless people out of here. And down here, the only homeless people are vets, which, you know, they shouldn't be homeless. I mean, they had promises fulfilled but, or not fulfilled by Uncle Sam, like you guys were talking about earlier. And now they have to be homeless, and now they can't even sit anywhere without getting thrown in jail or fined. Oh Maybe they're going to bring the Boy Scouts in to clean, uh, clean the problem up on <laughs> these veterans sitting yeah, around. Yeah, I heard that. That guy was insane. <laughs> so I'm looking here at the details on this. Uh, it's a fresh story. It just came out today from TampaBay.com. Uh, sitters violating the ban who have resisted requests to move or repeated their offense could face up to a $500 fine, 60 days in jail, or both, according 60 to 60 days in jail for sitting? For sitting on the ground. Wow. The Unbelievable. Pr- the, uh, the proposed ban- other proposed bans on street soliciting, sleeping outdoors, and bathing at public faucets could also become punishable by arrest. And so are you saying that they really will make it illegal to sit on, uh, like, underneath a tree, or is this only for sidewalks? Uh, from what I saw and read, it was just people sitting on sidewalks, and there were, you know, and, like, the grass near, like, outside of buildings or even in a park or something. Man, I mean, sometimes I mean, you're just it's, really it's, crazy. You know, people might have some image of like, well, why would people sit on a sidewalk? You know, if uh, you're being, tired. You know, well, being from the city, <laughs> it's it's not like I was homeless or anything, but I would sit on the sidewalk pretty frequently on a hot day. You know, you sit on the curb, and that would still be considered the sidewalk. Yes, you would. know, you're like right in the street, but you know, you're not in anyone's way of walking. It's not like I'm laying down yeah. to take a nap. I'm just <laughs> I'm just hanging out. You know. Well, I mean, I walk a lot here. I, I mean, I'm a bus rider. I don't drive. I, I walk a lot everywhere. And I, you know, I don't lie. I take a seat on the, on the sidewalk every now and then if it's hot. I mean, it's 95 degrees out here today. It's, you know, almost, it's after 8 o'clock at night. I, I need a break sometimes. 
I heard you, Robert. You know, you mentioned that uh, Liberty's dying there in Florida. It's certainly uh, the reason I left. It was just hard to get anything done as far as activism uh, was concerned. And I'm, I'm pretty excited, actually, because recently we had a lady move up here from your area, Emberly. Uh, She's one of the newer bloggers over at freekeen.com. And it was funny. I was talking with her, and she was kind of like my counterpart uh, in Tampa. Like, I lived in Sarasota, which is about an hour south of Tampa. And yeah. I was, like, the most doing of all of the people in Sarasota. I would be setting up outreach tables and i would you know I've, i managed a political campaign and you know I, I was i was literally putting a lot of hours and a lot of time and money into doing liberty oriented outreach and activism down there and the way she described her experience in tampa was very similar to mine where she was pouring a bunch of hours and time in and just was having a tough time getting volunteers to step up and help out and just was so frustrated with the lack of progress that she was making so she bailed out of uh, pinellas county or wherever it was she lived and yeah. made the move up here to uh, to the Keene area, and she's been absolutely spectacular uh, since then. She's taken over. I think she's taking over Free Keen TV. She is. Wow. She's the new producer. Yeah, she's, she's got a lot of jobs on her plate. She also runs uh, her own podcast, uh, blogs on freekeen.com, as you mentioned. So, so she's really active. a doer. And that's one of the factors that's, I think, uh, going to contribute to sort of a brain drain situation in different areas. So I know that down in Sarasota, a, a few of the folks that were the most active have already moved to New Hampshire, actually did it a few years ago. Uh, and so we're starting to see that happen where people who are great activists around the country are moving they're saying screw this let's let's focus our efforts where they make sense which is with other liberty-minded folks bound to happen yeah and that's what the free state project's about robert thanks for the call tonight appreciate you uh, bringing that up to us 855-450-FREE and if you want to learn more you can go to freestateproject.org if you love liberty hour two's next i've been told no in many different ways Order, and you're going to obey it. You can do that and you have to leave here. You cannot bring Simon to the rally. Walk with me. Well, I'm, I'm, no, I'm comfortable me. here, actually. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Who do you think you Excuse are? Excuse me. There is no video or audio allowed in this office. No, I have work today. This is... You ain't going to make it. Wait, no, now. Wait a minute. Holy oh, crap. Yeah, right. Whoa. Hey! Oh, my God. What is this? What is this? Bureaucrats have a funny way of telling people no. That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Coming this summer, Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. See the trailer now at victimlesscrimespree.com. Talk live, bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll free at 855 450 free. It's the SACL CAI toll free line, and you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you a lot of features there, and they are all free. You can control the content as well, submit stuff to the site, vote on what's already there, and don't forget the upcoming story section. It's something that maybe a lot of people weren't aware of before, uh, and I want to make sure everybody's aware of it. Just click upcoming stories on the front page of the site, and that takes you to a list of the most recently submitted. Uh, content to the site, and that content needs votes. Maybe you like it, vote it up. If you don't, you can ignore it or vote it down. Uh, you can do that over at freetalklive.com. 
And 855-450-FREE is the number here. Coming up, we've got the latest on this uh, silly experiment known as the Chevy Volt, which would be actually, well, I guess silly is not the right word, uh, outrageous? Yeah, atrocious. Yeah, because they're using taxpayer dollars to fund a private company and uh, their vehicle that they're trying to push on people. We'll tell you more about that. Derek J. has the uh, details. But first, we go to Jeremy in Philly. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeremy. Hey, um, I heard the caller talk about the Boy Scouts, and I remember when that story broke, and I did look a lot into that. And I don't believe the caller approached it. Um, I, I believe he, he could have communicated it better. Basically, it, 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 it is true that if you're a young boy and you're in the Boy Scouts, it's not like this everywhere. And, of course, you could take a couple high-profile cases and make it look like it's really common, but some Boy Scout troops... Um, they'll have an option if they show an interest in law, law enforcement or they show an interest in the military, and they're, what, 13, 14, I think that's the average age of the Boy Scouts, but they can they can somehow uh, enter into some type of explorer program where they can do, like, manhunt type of play, play military exercises where they can sign up. I mean, this isn't something that every single Boy Scout would be force-fed or something like 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 that, but they could basically if they have an interest in police and military, they could receive this, and basically, um, it and some now there there were some simulations that were done where the Boy Scouts were told they had like paint paintball guns or airsoft guns or and there's a nice stock photo of them dressed up in all this SWAT teamish looking gear yeah. and. There were a couple. There were a couple scenarios where they were told that the person they were raiding was a veteran. Now, um, I mean, you can't really jump jump to the worst case scenario because the uh, caller came from a perspective of they're brainwashing them in black ops. But see, that's that's not really. You can't jump all the way to that uh, conclusion. Uh, when it comes to solutions, I would suggest. Going to your local Boy, Boy Scout troop, uh, seeing what they're being taught. I mean, I'm sure anybody could get involved with Scouts. If it if it concerns you, you can certainly tell other parents in the Scouts. I mean, I guess it's a teachable moment when it comes to, like, communicating ideas and stuff like that, because you could go into the Scouts and pass out uh, literature or try to, get the, try, try to get them more turned on to pro-liberty, but... Um, but there's kind of a historical backing to the Scouts because if you remember in uh, World War II, Hitler um, uh, had a lot of control over the schools and he had a lot of control over the Scouts and they actually recruited for the military out of the Scouts because the Scouts are in the survival and tents and you know knives and sure. weapons and it's kind of a natural. So I do understand the caller's concern that you know that. Uh, but I just don't. I I just don't think there's any proof that there's a definite plan. Like there's a code word for like Operation Eagle Warrior, and oh, let's go right to the scouts and turn them into into mercenaries against the yeah. veterans. We'll be fighting when the martial law starts. I don't think there's. I, I, it sounded no pretty absurd to me, and I mean, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Explorers program as a possibility regarding what this guy was talking about. Now, the uh, Police Explorers program is an old program. According to Wikipedia, it was created in 1973. Uh, it's actually a subsidiary of the Boy Scouts of America. It's uh, from Learning for Life, which is a what they call a non-scouting subsidiary. So, isn't that where the government people teach kids to snitch on each other? 
I don't the know. Explorers program. I don't know what Learning for Life is, but I know the Explorers program is is what uh, what Jeremy here was describing earlier, where you can basically uh, sign up to be a, a cop in training. Essentially, it's uh, basically a way for teenagers who are interested in, in policing to uh, get to know their local police departments and and actually work for and with the the department, learning various different things about the departments and getting to, again, getting to uh, kind of ingratiate themselves in the department or integrate themselves uh, in the department. And then, you know, in theory, work their way all the way through explorers into getting hired by the department. So it's essentially a, a pre pre-hiring program almost for the uh, the police departments. Look, I'm no fan of any of these things, uh, but I think that it's pretty clear that you know, the Explorers program is an Explorers program, and it is not targeted towards attacking uh, military veterans, uh, which is what our caller earlier was uh, was suggesting. And Jeremy, any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, the worst I could see is that you know young people do have impressionable minds, and of and of course you you've heard callers say, you know, I was eighteen when I joined the military, or nineteen, and they're all gung ho, and they 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 might play Xbox where they. Uh, they fly the UAVs and bomb infantry or, or shoot rocket launchers at mm-hmm. infantry, or they might get into the military or go to the recruiting centers where there's video games and get recruited in. They, they might be young and gung-ho, but I, you know, I listen to a lot of talk radio, and I hear callers say, hey, I'm 30 years old now. I was gung-ho when I was 19 or 20. I did things that were wrong. But to, 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 to expose youth to militarism and SWAT teams and raids, I mean, that's questionable. That's questionable, and you can fight against that without saying there's a big conspiracy. I agree, Jeremy. Thank you for the call. I appreciate your thoughts tonight at 855-450-FREE. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing conspiratorial going on here. This is pretty common knowledge, as far as I understand it, about the Boy Scouts is, you know, it's a kind of a militaristic organization in, in a lot of ways. They, you know, they salute the flag. They have uniforms. Uh, it doesn't seem ranks. unusual at all. I mean, the, aren't they always playing with some sort of uh, guns? They carry around knives. They um, teach people how to always, use tools. I mean, but, I wasn't a Boy Scout. It's not th- like they would let me in anyway. But. Thankfully, I wasn't either. I actually, um, when I left the boys' choir as I was growing up, I uh, my mom wanted me to do something else. And Come on, so, toughen up. Uh, so I, you know... I didn't really want to join the Boy Scouts, but she figured, oh, join the Boy Scouts. Oh my gosh, you you were a Boy Scout? No, actually I was not, because you have to actually do certain things to become a Boy Scout. You have to, like, memorize the scouting oath or something like that, and... It's like, on my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty or something or other. And I wasn't interested at all in that. I was 13 at this point and pretty, you know, I, I always remember being anti-authority. And so I was certainly not liking the idea of having to do the Pledge of Allegiance, which they uh, force you to, which they want you to do to become a Boy Scout. So you have to pledge allegiance and you have to do like this Boy Scout oath. And I refuse to memorize the oath. And I refused to uh, to do the Pledge of Allegiance, so I never got my like. You, I'm sure you've heard they have patches in the Boy Scouts. Right? Yeah, so, those are pretty cute. Like, but there's the the first patch you get is the you're a Boy Scout patch. I never got that, so I was going to some of these Boy Scout meetings just because you know I was being forced to essentially, oh, and usually no. I'd end up skipping the meeting and we'd go like hang out outside. And were I to have been smoking cigarettes, I probably would have smoked cigarettes, uh, you know, outside of the Boy Scouts, but I didn't. Uh, but that was the kind of thing, you know, we we're just skipping the meetings and causing trouble in the meeting so they didn't no, talk about paintball guns when you were going to those meetings again, i just I imagine wasn't in very many of the meetings so i can't really tell you i i don't i'm surprised that the caller was surprised about that i mean to me 
the, the Boy Scouts is a private organization, and it's about what young well, guys having some sort of money. Not if they're getting government money, they're not technically private at that point. Okay, well, I, I thought that they were private. See, I'm I'm pretty clueless about the Boy Scouts. They All I know are. is they don't let gays in. Yes, so they are. <laughs> uh, they are homophobic, and they're also uh, anti-atheist as well. So you really? have to. Uh huh. Yep. Uh, part of their so you, you have to believe in God to be a Boy Scout. Part of their oath is that you. Uh, it's like a God-related oath. Now, I think they might have changed the rules in recent years to be more flexible towards atheists, but I'm not positive. Maybe somebody who's more familiar with the uh, the Boy Scouts can enlighten us on that. But yeah, they're a big, you know, a bigoted uh, group that I want absolutely nothing to do with. And yeah. no, I was not a Boy Scout. Thank goodness. Yeah. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That doesn't mean I don't have an appreciation for some of the things that they do. You know, they uh, you know teach people how to tie knots and start fires and survive in the wilderness. There's some value uh, to that. Like, the Eagle Scout guys are really good at doing that stuff and good for them, and they should be congratulated for those things. But the organization itself has some real questionable aspects to it. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Take control of the airwaves toll-free here at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website as well over at freetalklive.com, where you can get signed up for news updates. Maybe you want to follow us via email or Twitter, Facebook. You can do any one of those that you'd like or more than one. It's all free. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there. That's news. .freetalklive.com. And if you're looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear, you don't need to turn to the Boy Scouts. You can go to manventureoutpost.com. They carry knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. Manventureoutpost.com, family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. And some prices are so low, we can't talk about them on the air. Go and get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL, and you can get it, and get it quick. From ManVentureOutpost.com. That's ManVentureOutpost.com. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. Maybe you want to tell us more about your experience uh, with being in the Boy Scouts. I, you know, as I said, I was not interested at all in being there, so I can't really tell you too much about what it was uh, What it was actually like. 855-450-FREE is the number. But yeah, I mean, it definitely got the vibe that they were very nationalistic. I mean, you're Dressing up in uniforms, you're saluting a flag. Uh, you know they have uh, indoctrination chants that they uh, that they do. So, don't they wear camouflage too? Anyway, I don't know about that. Maybe in certain instances, the uniform uh, was not a camouflage uniform. I actually did not ever get the uniform either, so I never went. You know, oh, I never man. got that far. Um, they so, really didn't yeah. want to let you into their little group. No, they, I'm sure they would have loved to have had me in if I was willing to do what they wanted me to, but I wasn't willing to pledge my allegiance to the flag nor the uh, the scouts. So I was effectively uh, not 
allowed. I mean, I was allowed to hang around for a while, and then I don't know. I don't remember why I stopped going. I think I finally just convinced my mom to let me stop going because I wasn't doing what I was asked like, to. Hey, this isn't working out. Yeah. <laughs> These kids want to do pledges and stuff. I don't know. So that was my experience. Uh, 855-450-FREE. Uh, let's talk about the Chevy Volt. I know that's something that uh, was on your mind tonight, Derek J. Yeah, I read some pretty appalling news today about GM, known to some as government motors ever since the infamous bailout a few years ago. Um, you know, the lamestream media has been promoting this thing, the Chevy Volt, and it's basically the same car from 1991, the the EV1 that was being promoted, um, I guess, like 20 years ago. It's and, full electric, right? Um it's it's my impression that it's got electric and gas. Oh, really? So okay. the electric part is what drives the car, and the gas is what charges the batteries. But if if uh, the listeners know more, please you know do call in and correct me on that. But that's that's my impression. Um, but the the battery that they're using is not too different from the one that they used in 1897. So there's, like, nothing new about this car. Wow. It's actually really old, you know, because cars were first electric before we got to the combustible engine. So what I learned that was appalling is that taxpayers are on the hook for a quarter million dollars per car sold. Wait, what? Which is, yeah, 6,000 cars have been sold, which is pretty dismal wow. for the last two years that this thing has been on the market. But where that figure comes from is that the federal government subsidizes, gives grants, and has given all sorts of research money to uh, government motors so that they can develop this thing. And it has equated to, you know, with all the money that they've given government motors, with only the 6,000 sold... That equates to $250,000 per car that has been subsidized for a car Insane. that sells for $41,000 and the, the very same company has a competing car that's the exact same thing. Uh, I, I forget what that one's called. It's another um, Chevy something. I don't know. But it's $17,000. There's an Ampera in the Europe. It's the Cruise. The Cruise. Okay. Okay. So that's, it's the same car, but without the um, battery, which weighs like 400 pounds, really slows the thing down. But can you imagine the difference? A $17,000 car or a $41,000 car, they both use gas. So it's not like you're really, I mean, the $17,000 one doesn't have an electrical component to it. It's right. That's correct. Huh? But, I mean, I don't know what the advantage is. You still have to pay for the electricity when you charge it in your house. Um, so people are, are paying through the nose for this thing. So I don't know. The, wow. the most ridiculous part of this to me is, I don't know if you've seen the movie uh, Who Killed the Electric Car? It's a fantastic documentary uh, in which it's revealed that GM did sort of a suspiciously terrible job at advertising their electric car, the, the EV1, back in 91. And it was really weird that they, they almost seemed to try to make it fail. They were doing all sorts of really scary ads that, <laughs> that put people off um, to, to using this thing. And even though um, people really loved the technology and they wanted to buy more of these things, 
GM started, you know, ending their leases, even though people wanted to continue uh, using them. So they they really wanted to pull these things away. It almost seems like they're trying to repeat that move of being like, all right, we'll we'll produce this electric car, but we're going to make it a stinking failure so that it it doesn't gain any traction and never takes off. And and people just sort of dismiss the technology. You know, I used to uh, work for Greenpeace, and so I'm a big fan of the electric cars. I, I want to clean up the environment. Sure. I, I, I love these things. I want them to be successful, but I want them to be affordable. <laughs> I want them to be uh, you know available to people, and I don't want them to be subsidized at the rate of a quarter million per Insane. car. That's not, that's not going to work out for anybody. And now, just a point of clarification. The, these subsidies, they're just going to Chevy? They're not going to like Toyota or Honda or the other uh, companies? Or? Yeah, that's correct. It's just for uh, general motors only and that I was see. that was part of their um, bailout. bailout but so uh, this is another thing I'm, I'm not an expert on but i know that they say gm oh yeah we we paid back the the money we were lent but one really weird part is that the treasury still owns you know like 500 uh, thousand shares of their stock or some oh, some really? ridiculous number yes yeah, so um it was purchased at like $33 a share. It's currently, I'm checking the stock now, it's uh, what $19.60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a pretty big, big loss. Big loss. And so I would consider that just another subsidy, basically, because yeah. you know they, that money's gone. They, they spent it. So the, the weirder part, it, it only gets weirder with the story. There are like so many wrong moves that this company is making. It, it well, of course they're making like, wrong moves. I mean, they're, they're, they're receiving money from the government. I mean, that's uh, it's like a guaranteed way that companies are going to make bad choices and malinvestments when it's not their money. So they've sold 6,000 so far this year, right? Or in the, within the last year. Mm-hmm. And so the CEO is now amping up production. He's getting ready to produce 60,000 for next year. <laughs> As if they're going to just have these windfall profits. Oh, good. We just made a bunch of them now. And so, you know, hopefully people will go get them. I thought I had heard that uh, they had way undersold what they'd manufactured. Yeah, they they haven't um, sold nearly enough. And what's weird about this story to me is that the lamestream media is promoting this thing like it's a win. They're talking about, oh, the sales are up for June. It doubled since last year. Well, all that sounds like it's going to be a success. <laughs> but they don't mention that taxpayers have paid a quarter million per car sold. Incredible. 855-450-FREE. Your thoughts welcome. You can uh, bring up anything you want as well. one 855 More Free Talk Live coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want. Toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that await you there. We've got a lot of them. The Shrine of Female Listeners is one. You may go and see dozens of the ladies who listen to this program and have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video to prove that they are listeners of the show. 
you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, uh, we'll get uh, to your calls here in just a moment. But I know, Derek J., there was a little bit more to this Chevy Volt uh, piece that uh, you wanted to share. As if it weren't bad enough that this car essentially costs a quarter of a million dollars, the car lights on fire. It's got a, it's got a fire problem. Whoa. At least five Chevy Volts have lit on fire in an, in a small explosion. But uh, I don't want any kind of explosion when I am driving my car, uh, except for that which is contained within the engine. So yeah. the um, sh- company hasn't decided what the source of the problem is. They don't know if it's the battery or the charging station or the charging cable, maybe all of them. But they're just going to go ahead and keep producing these things anyway. You know, that's interesting. And there's this federal agency that will force companies, I don't know if it's FTC, but they force companies to recall products. I'm sure you've heard of product recalls happening. A lot of those product recalls are not voluntary. They are being forced to recall products by the federal government because of some fear that, you know, something's going to catch on fire or whatever. Something is usually something happens with a product or two or three or however many. And then they decide, all right, well, that's too much. We have to pull them all back. And so they'll issue this recall. But it makes me wonder, is GM getting a pass on a recall because they are a government-operated uh, company at this point or a most you know, somewhat government-connected uh, uh, company? Are they, would any other car company have been forced to recall a batch of cars that had five explosions, five uh, you know, sel- you know, self-immolations of a, of a car uh, effectively? It would seem to me that they probably would. Because they they recall products for some of the most absurd reasons, and a lot of them actually end up destroying the company that uh, that puts it out. A lot of the product recalls that you probably have never even heard of, uh, maybe the company's first product, or it's just so expensive for them to recall the product that they just can't they can't handle the uh, the amount of cost that it costs to, to go through the recall process, and they it literally puts them out of business. So I wonder if they're getting special. Uh, uh, protection here. Well, I I really make a point to not pay attention to Obama and Biden and all those uh, bureaucrats over there in Washington. But when I have seen videos of them, they're still touting, you know, the American machine empire sort of thing where they're like, oh, you know, we, we build cars here and this is our shtick and it's been our shtick for a hundred years. We're going to keep going with this tired old model. And so it seems like uh, Obama and um, those in the administration are, are looking to say, well, look, the recovery is happening. We're putting all these people back to work in factories, mm-hmm. and they don't want to slow any of that down or, or lose momentum with, with that big lie, right? By recalling a batch of Chevy Volts, for instance. Well, yeah, by yeah. recalling them because they're dangerous to people, but also because there's little or no profit being made on the Volt. The, the company, you know, GM executives even say that it, the present cost of producing this car is $40,000. It sells for 41,000. Um wow. Plus, you know, they've they've put 700 million dollars of development into the car and they're spending millions on advertising it, which okay, I learned learned this today. It includes a song and a dance. There's GM produced its own dance for the Chevy Volt. Uh, it's it's a hell of a joke and uh, I think it's going to go go down in history as one of the most hilarious failures ever. It should be interesting to watch it happen. Unfortunately, we're all being forced to pay for it, which is the worst part about it all. Let's go to Crichton. He's listening in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Crichton. 
the modern day Edsel. What's on your mind tonight? I was calling in because I wanted to comment on one of your podcasts from last Friday, I believe it was. All right. Where you get you, uh, uh, Ian, essentially called Mark's concept of his of the Republican takeover concept as ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't believe that it's uh, it's really possible to take over an established old uh, political party from the inside like the uh, Ron Paul people are trying to do. I just don't believe that it'll be the case. I think that people are going to be corrupted uh, by the power if they aren't already the power, the corrupt power seekers. I think that a lot of the people who are uh, pretending to be Ron Paul Republicans are, in point of fact, just your standard Republicans who have simply adopted a new way of uh, talking and pandering to the the masses that is getting them supporters. And that's what we saw in 2008 with the so-called Ron Paul Republicans running for political office. They just were regular Republicans looking for help from activists to help them run their campaigns. So they labeled themselves as Ron Paul Republicans. And all of a sudden, all these Ron Paul people just fell right in line. Uh, so I just, uh, you know, I don't believe that it's going to be any different this time around. Well, um, I'm here to tell you from the inside that it is already different. Really? It's, it's already working, yes. How's it's that? It's already how, had an effect. How do you mean? Um, I am one of these activists that you speak of, Yeah. and I am on the executive board of my, of my county, uh, city county, Republican Party. And I got there, and I didn't get there alone. As a Ron Paul Republican, I'm not alone. We're still in a minority, but it still has an effect. And amazingly as that is, the the actual number of people in the Republican Party who actually have a voting effect is very, very small. Uh, So just getting on the executive board of any county, of any uh, state committee, is is no small thing. Um, Especially once you learn the rules and and are willing to muddle through Robert's rules, we can actually have an effect, and we have had an effect. So what kind of an effect? Uh, um, well, for example, uh, Steve Massey uh, was, is a former uh, campaign operative for Ron Paul campaign in 2008. He is now the nominee for the uh, uh, one of the congressional districts in Kentucky, uh, and he is in a district that's solidly Republican. So the odds of him being defeated by any Democrat are are very small. And by winning his primary, he largely became a true Ron Paul follower. Now you're tr- you're correct in one sense that Ron Paul sets up this high standard that not everyone is ever going to meet. I mean, there, I couldn't meet that standard, to be perfectly honest in the same situation, that there's a lot to deal with. His own son cannot meet the standard that Ron Paul has set. Uh, He is a fairly unique individual in politics. That doesn't mean that getting like-minded individuals into the system isn't a good plan. If there is any way to change the system, it is by becoming the system and affecting it. Uh, if, if it works, being, I mean, so let me see if I am following what you're saying. You're saying there's a guy who worked for the Ron Paul campaign. What's his name? Massey. Massey. So this Massey has gotten past the primary, and he's going to the general election, and he uh, proclaims to be a Ron Paul uh, Republican? Yes. 
And uh, so if that's true and if that's the case, then that's great, you know, good. If he actually has some semblance of understanding of what the ideas of liberty are, then you're right. Then maybe there is some uh, possibility something will uh, will happen. Uh, hopefully your uh, your party in Kentucky there won't be the only one in which this uh, this happens. Is there anybody you know? Is any any website or organization tracking all of this information? Uh, is there any centralized uh, resource that one can go to to get some sort of an idea of how successful well, this is? Other than the Daily Poll, which is more of a discussion forum, no, because the centralized this kind of information is actually makes makes it easier to disrupt because it's a, a, a collection of independently functioning organizations. Well, I, like I said, I'd love to be proven wrong. I mean, I really would. I'd love to see these, uh, you know, Ron Paul-minded people get elected. I just, uh, I just don't believe them. I mean, I, I don't believe politicians. And uh, unless I know this person personally and can vouch for this individual's principles when it comes to liberty, I won't trust him as far as I could throw him. But let us know. Keep us in the loop, Crichton, on how, how all this goes. Uh, we appreciate it. More coming up. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features you'll find there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support this program, you can do that. All you have to do is go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find links to Amazon. Different Amazons for different countries. We've got the Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and US. Click into the right Amazon for you and get your shopping taken care of. Get the stuff you're looking for and get a great deal and get it delivered to your door. It's Amazon, same experience you're used to. You're just entering through our portal, so Free Talk Live gets a cut of your purchases. Once again, go to shop.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, Luca is on the line listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hey, Luca. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? What's on Great. your mind, sir? So I'm, I'm a little bit of a, of a new listener to Free Talk Live, and I was just wanting to get like a picture or a face to go with all the voices. So I started YouTube and you guys just seeing what was out there, you know? Oh, okay. And I saw all the information whenever you had been dragged to court over a couch being in your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was my neighbor, uh, my tenants, actually, that had it in their yard, but uh, sort of, yeah. So what was, what was the whole scoop, though? Like, did you ever get to meet your accuser, or like, what was the outcome of the case? Because the video didn't cover like everything that happened after uh, after some hearing that you had. Well, and I just wanted—I was just curious as to what happened with that whole situation. This was uh, my first real, I guess, uh, aggressive encounter with the uh, the people calling themselves a the government here in Keene, New Hampshire. It was back in I think late 2007. 
when uh, one of the code enforcers came by and threatened me over a couch that I didn't even know was in the yard. I'd walked by it and never even noticed the thing. It was green. It blended in with the the yard and whatever. Uh, And so he threatened me over it, and I essentially told him, hey, look, uh, if you want, you can go and search the couch enforcer on YouTube, and the video will come up. You can see what that was like. But uh, essentially I told him, hey, you know, I'm – I'd like to talk to whoever it is that, you know, snitched on me because he told me that there was a a complaint is why they were coming out uh, to me. And I said, I'd I'd like to talk to who it was that snitched on me. And he said he would go and talk to the person and came back a few days later and told me that this person did not not want to talk to me. And I said, well, if this person doesn't want to treat me like a neighbor, then I'm just going to go ahead and not do anything about this. And so they went ahead and they escalated it uh, because, like, I was totally willing to move the couch. I mean, I don't. This isn't like a high school romance or something. You don't need your friend to go, like, d- deliver the message, you know. Oh, I-, I can't talk to him in person. And what, right. What was the deal with that? Well, it's fear. I mean, people are in this position of being afraid of interacting with their neighbors and having a serious conversation with them about some sort of issue they have with their property. Uh, I don't know why people are that way, but I think it's just they've been trained to be like that. Like, oh, well... Why would you want to go and talk to someone when you could just call the thug and have an armed man go over and uh, intimidate those people into behaving the way you want to? I think people are just so used to utilizing the the government guys in these situations. They don't even think of uh, being neighborly and going over and having a conversation. So, uh, so yeah, I didn't do anything. They ended up uh, bringing me to court or you know threatening me uh, with a court proceeding. So I showed up at court. I proceeded to be arrested. There's full video of the of that. Uh, you can find it online. Again, look for Ian Freeman arrested. It's one of the. I've been arrested a few times, so it's one of those uh, videos. And uh, and so I ended up getting charged with three contempts of court while I was in that trial. Uh, and one of them was because I didn't sit down fast enough when I was told have a seat at the I beginning saw that. of the trial. I saw that one. Yep. And then there. Well, and then after they arrested me in that. Uh, in that moment, they then took me into a secret tribunal room where no one was able to actually come in and witness the trial. They claimed that that was okay because they had a video camera in that room and the camera feed was piped out to a television set in the main courtroom. But nobody could really hear what was going on through the TV set. It was not a very good connection uh, that they had. So essentially the rest of the trial went on in secret. And uh, it was at that time that I was charged with two extra uh, contempt of court charges. One of them, as I recall, was because I refused to answer whether or not I could pay the $120 fine uh, that they ended up assessing against me at the end. And there was some other question that I d- didn't give them an answer to or something. I forget what the other one was. It was some, some other petty thing. And so each one of these contempt of courts, I'm getting 30 days in jail, 30 days in jail, 30 days in jail, and then uh, four days for the 120 do- uh, the 120 bucks that I refused to pay. And was this your first experience in court, Ian? It was. Were I you believe. scared? Um, it seems like you were you were messing up like in one time after another. Just keep uh, well, racking I don't know on if charges. It was messing you know? up. I mean, well, okay, you, you know, I was refusing to answer a question. I thought I had the right to remain silent, but I guess I uh, guess that was my question. You didn't know. Do you didn't have full knowledge of what you were doing? Right? No, I certainly you didn't, didn't have the, the experience. I certainly didn't have the experience that I, that I do today. And Ian, before before I let you go, I'm sorry to kind of interrupt, but no. whenever he was asking you to enter a uh, plea of guilty or not guilty, and you kept saying that. You know, by doing this, is this going to, you know, 
uh, consent me to your process? What what was all that? What was the reasoning behind that? Well, there's a bunch of conspiracy theories out there about uh, magic words that you can say in court that will get them to like not go after you. And right. so I had read up on a bunch of those things, and I had you know basically I was just trying some of it out. And of course, it doesn't work. Uh, none of these conspiracy theories work, and the reason is because they don't follow their own rules. So when you research these conspiracy theories, they seem like they make sense. The they courts s- don't follow their own rules, right? right. The, they seem seem like uh you know the, the the person who's done the research has really done their research and you know they've cited law and they've cited you know supreme court cases and they make it look like they've got the uh the answer but the thing is the court courtrooms uh the judges they don't have to follow their own rules they never do and so even if you think you've got them dead to rights they uh they'll do whatever it is they want to and that's ultimately because- what happens from what the video sounded like, because I mean, he even said, because you were you were like, you know, hey, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna enter a plea at this time if that's you know continuing your process or whatever. And then it sounded like, uh, from what you said, that the judge had entered a plea for you. And was that was that accurate? I mean, did he? Well, I was arrested. Uh, I wasn't arrested at the arraignment. I was arrested at the beginning of the trial. So if you saw an arraignment video, then uh, no. Generally, if you don't enter a plea, they will enter the plea of not guilty for you. I've actually never, oh, okay. I've never actually pleaded in court. I don't ever do that because I don't want to uh, to consent. Uh, but ultimately, it doesn't matter whether you consent or not. Even though the all the constitutions, you know, say stuff like uh, that government is by the consent of the governed. We all know that's a, a load of nonsense. Uh, because right. they just do whatever they want. So to take you to the end of the uh, toward the end of the trial, the secret tribunal. Uh, the uh, the code enforcer was in there as the the key witness in the case, and I asked him during my cross examination uh, if he could tell me who the accuser was, because like you said, mm-hmm. you know, right to uh, face your accuser and all that. Right. And uh, and he looks at the judge to get him out of this. He says, "Do you want me to answer that?" And the judge says, "Yes, you have to answer that." Uh, so uh, so he did. I did find out who the accuser was, but it was too late. Like it was already in the trial, so I couldn't call that person to the stand or anything like that. Um, but the interesting point was the accuser was a government bureaucrat who lives way down the street from me. So it was not an immediate neighbor. It was not one of my actual adjacent neighbors or anyone who is even in visible distance of, uh, of my house. This is just some bureaucrat who, uh, you know, works for the city of Keene who didn't like something I said to her on a radio show, apparently, like a couple weeks previous. And then she sent out uh, the code enforcers to go after me. So the complaining party wasn't even another neighbor. It was just absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, Luca, Ian's not making this up. The They can do whatever they want. I've actually pulled up the rules for New Hampshire uh, Supreme and uh, state courts. And this is just reading from the very opening line of the court rules. In the interest of expediting a decision or for other good cause shown, the Supreme Court or a single justice thereof may suspend the requirements or provisions of any of these rules in any instance. Same thing with the district court rules as well. So They can throw it all out. It's absolutely absurd. Yep, and I imagine they have similar uh, wording in you know the Indianapolis court system as well. And even if they don't have that wording, they still do whatever it is they want to, and they get away with it because you know most people can't afford lawyers and they don't know the system, they don't know how to challenge this stuff. And even if you do challenge it, you know it's years before anything ends up playing out. It's just awful. Well, how's it ever yeah, going to get better? Course, the first rule is there are no rules. I mean, we even got we even got drunk police officers that are. You know, hitting people on motorcycles and killing them, and you know, not doing any time in jail, basically. Wow. And, you know, not having to face their charges. I mean, it's 
it's crazy everywhere. But I kind of, I kind of wasn't expecting that from how much you guys have talked up Keen. You know, I wasn't expecting that that kind of a. Uh, well, guys, like like you said, I mean, it's crazy everywhere. So what you're seeing in Keene is uh, an example of what goes on everywhere, except the difference here is we have activists here who are stepping up and taking risks that most people aren't willing to do. And so therefore it exposes even more of their violence and even more of the uh, absurdity of the system. And they just... They make themselves look terrible. We don't really have to do very much. I mean, Derek, you you've got 500 a 540 day jail sentence for, you know, doing nothing more in some instances than uh, throwing a quiet dance party and riding your bicycle and uh, attempting to smoke a pipe Created and going to no the victims. Uh, so, you know, if you want some more great video to watch, I recommend going to victimlesscrimespree.com. There's a neat trailer there for a movie that's coming out soon about Derek. Thanks Luca for the call. We're coming up. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give three bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you'd like, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. That's where you can get access to a variety of features, including archives that go all the way back to late 2006. It's all free for you, freetalklive.com. Coming up here this hour, we will talk about uh, the San Francisco restaurant engaging in civil disobedience. And it's pretty rare that you actually hear about a business owner who's willing to engage in civil disobedience. And whenever I hear about them, I love to share the stories. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. Uh, but first, Kevin is on the line to start things out this hour, listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hey, Kevin. Hey, have you heard about the smash and grab by uh, gangs of use in different cities in the United States that's going on? Yeah, yeah I was really just reading scary. about that. That's ridiculous. They're really scary. I, I just actually happen to have a story pulled up from one in Jacksonville. Where's, uh, where's one you're familiar with? Uh, that was the one in Portland, Oregon, but it's it's symptomatic of our whole society. Tell me about that. Well, you have a failed educational system that we're not teaching respect in schools anymore. Just like, you know, what one of the main things about New Hampshire that I really like about what you guys do is you respect each other. And you have you have uh, respect and love for your fellow man, and you want to have freedom, etc. Well, with the Total collapse of the family structure. I don't care how you, what your family is. If, as long as the kids are being raised in sense of schools for education and in the right way, that's the way you do it. And you teach each other um, love and friendship and, you know, charity towards all. But when you have people that are just going to stores and smashing and grabbing and hurting individuals with no regard for anybody, that's the problem. No kidding. I, I, you're right. I think that this is definitely an outgrowth of probably a variety of different things. But what I found most interesting in this news story here, uh, the piece is from Jacksonville.com. It's at the Florida Jacksonville. 
uh, where apparently a huge house party was broken up by police in a North Jacksonville subdivision. The party didn't end there as hundreds of young partygoers ignited into a flash mob at the local Walmart Supercenter. Uh, this okay. resulted in uh, video apparently being posted to YouTube of what happened. Spokeswoman from Walmart said she learned of the incident and then spoke with a shift manager. They are reviewing the video in an attempt to try to identify some of the uh, the culprits in this case. But I have to wonder, if the police had never broken up the party in the first place, would this have ever happened? Now, obviously, this doesn't address the larger question of these things happening in other places. They've happened at convenience stores and things like that. And it's really just in, it's a scary situation. It's got to be absolutely horrifying to be a store employee or a store owner during one of these things, because what do you do? I mean, you, you know, I guess take as many you open, pictures. You open carry, for one thing. I think that, that could really help the employees feel safe in a scenario like that. It might. But what are you going to do? Blast a kid for uh, you no. know, taking a watch? I mean, that's not going to that's not appropriate use of uh, I'm, I'm not a crazy warmonger or anything and I, I don't advocate violence but I, I think a, a warning shot up to the ceiling if it's your own <laughs> establishment you know that would stop these 300 kids in their tracks and they would get the hell out of there I'd probably yeah. Can I interject something in that regard sure please okay you never notice you never notice that anyone ever attacks or goes into a Korean store if the individuals are Korean because they know if they screw around with those folks they're gonna fight back what? exactly what you think no, the the people that are that there are certain groups of individuals that are that when they have stores, you know, you don't go in there and steal, because if you go in there and steal, you're going to be beaten to a bloody pulp, and that's just the way it is. Well, I can I can tell you yeah. there are stores in Philadelphia where the shop owner keeps a gun on his hip, and those okay. are the stores I know where you know you don't rob that's them. The, but what that points out is. You have to put the fear into people, or they have to have it instilled in them not to do that. So if, I guess if you have to put the fear in people not to do it by letting them know that you're severely armed and you will shoot them, I guess that's the terrible result of our society where we've gone. Well, Kevin, I would like to live in a world where we don't have to threaten customers to keep them from stealing, and that's definitely the type of world I'd like to live in. Uh, but you Where know, people don't, just don't steal because they know it's wrong? Yeah, yeah. but... You know, the I guess the reality of the day is that people need to have a backup plan just well, in case. All right, so here's another uh, bit of speculation as to why this is happening. I think that uh, we've got a real problem in this country with what I, for lack of a better term, I call childification of America, hmm. where uh, there are certain elements of uh, like government and schools and these you know certain elements of society that want to keep young people as immature as they possibly can keep them for as long of a period of time as possible. So, for instance, you look at uh, examples like you know age of uh, consent, you look at uh, age of uh, smoking cigarettes, age of going to see an R-rated movie, age of being able to work, age of uh, being able to drink. All of these things are, are, are you know legal factors that prevent young people from behaving as the mature adults they wish to be. I don't know about you, but I remember growing up as, uh, as a younger uh, person, I wanted to be grown up faster like i wanted to i didn't want to order off the kids meal you know by the time i was uh at nine or whatever i wanted to you know be ordering off the adult menu and you know there's a certain point at which Uh -uh. you cross from uh being a a child into somebody who's a a teenager wanting to become an adult and there are things that are just set in society to prevent you from doing that so for instance 
when I turned 16, I'd already been working at uh, like my mom's store in, in downtown uh, Sarasota. So I'd already had some experience at working. And so I was interested in getting into the working world. I jumped right in with both feet. I got a job at uh, the big Kmart and uh, I started working as soon as I possibly could. Like as soon as I turned 16, I was working. And uh, most of my friends weren't doing the same thing. They, uh, they were more likely to be partying on a weekend than I was, uh, I was working. So I think if, uh, if young people were allowed to mature at the rate that they would like to mature, and if society was more built around encouraging them to mature, I think they would be less likely to engage in behavior like this. Uh, that they you know, would be more responsible because I think that uh, going out and, and working is something that really creates a, a level of responsibility in a young person that they might not have otherwise had because you, know, you learn about serving the customers, you learn about uh, interacting with the public, uh, and a, lo- a lot of other you – know, interacting with coworkers. And there's just so many lessons that come from uh, getting out and getting a job. So that, is that the solution, more, more kids working? Or, I'm know, just saying that's one aspect of it. More it's, big brother, big uh, sister programs? Let me interject, guys. Yeah. Taking responsibility for one's actions and consequences for one action. That's what's missing today. So, Ian, you hit it right on the head. Well, Kevin, thanks for the call. I appreciate you bringing that up because it's a really disturbing story, and there's more than one of them uh, in the news. Thanks for the call tonight. Uh, 855-450-FREE. But, yeah, I mean, if you are working at an earlier age, you are more likely to be more responsible earlier on. I remember we talked a, a story about a, I think it was like a seven-year-old who started going out and shining shoes, and b- by the time he turned 13, he had a million dollars to his name. Oh my uh, gosh. I mean, the, he was, you know, he was allowed by his parents to be entrepreneurial, and it, it wasn't all he did was shine shoes, but that was like the first <laughs> thing that he did. And so he got into this mindset of being an entrepreneur and, you know, kept coming, because he's a young person, he does, you know, you know, when you're young, you've got a, an open mind. And very uh, little expenses. True. Yeah, I mean, mom's paying <laughs> new, for the new rent. light-up shoes. Maybe. Yeah. What, what else? What's he going to buy? Exactly. And uh, so you know, you start inculcating these good, responsible ideas at an early age, and young people becoming entrepreneurs means that they're going to innovate ideas that adults just can't even. You know, they're just adults are too inside the box, man. You know, a young young person is going to be able to think outside the box, uh, unlike an adult. But there are so many rules that prevent them from doing these things that you end up what you end up with the situation uh, like here in Keene, New Hampshire, last year. There was a lot of controversy about uh, kids hanging out. Now, when I say kids, I mean teenagers. Teenagers hanging out in the park uh, at Central Square Park in in Keene, and you know, bothering people by cursing at them and drinking in the park, and you know, doing undesirable things. Well, guess what? They probably can't get a job. They probably aren't allowed by law to get a job, or they've never been encouraged to uh, to get out there and, and do those. A things. lot of that entrepreneurial spirit is crushed in the high schools because sure. I know there was just a story on Ladies and Keen recently with uh, a child who was being tracked down by the police because they thought that he was selling drugs at his high school. They finally caught him and found his backpack full of candy bars. That's what he Uh-oh. was selling, and he was penalized for it. I heavily. bet he was. Yeah, they were at. They went after us for selling candy in high school too. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll come back with more of this. And if you want to share your experience with the childification of America, because in my opinion, that's where this is really coming from. Of course, they also broke up a high school party, and they should have left it alone, because I bet they wouldn't have gone to the store. In that case, it's Free Talk Live. 
technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Toll-free number here for you tonight, 855-450-FREE. You can bring up anything you want at 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Derek J. Derek J., you can uh, find his bloggins over at... Uh, LiveFreeOrDance.com. Perfect. LiveFreeOrDance.com. That's going to be your go-to site uh, as he kicks off his exile tour starting toward the end of this week. So definitely bookmark it or uh, add it to your aggregator. Now, are you, has it been determined whether you're going to be uh, looping in uh, the, the uh, Liberty on Tour site as well? Yes. Uh, I have been given the green light on using Excellent. LibertyOnTour.com as a website where I'll be promoting these videos. So, yeah, I, I should mention... That as well uh, in in the promotion, but it's not currently something that you can go to and, mm-hmm. and see anything about the Exile Tour. So that's that's going to be at the beginning of August when the Exile Tour really lights up. And when will so, you be uh, will you be posting like an itinerary of where you're going to go, when you're expecting to be there? That way, folks can kind of plan for your arrival. Yeah, not only will I have uh, the itinerary, but I've got the Facebook page, which is the easiest way for folks to contact me. If you're an activist or just a regular guy who or gal who uh, um, is in the United States and is getting active for the cause of liberty, uh, you know, developing ways to be more independent. Uh, I want to visit you. And the best way for you to contact me is through that Facebook page. And which Facebook page? That's Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. Ah, yes, that one. So, uh, you know, that's the one that's uh, currently attracting uh, new activists to say, yeah, hey, come come visit me. I'm in Kentucky. I'm going to do some civil disobedience. Excellent. I've, I've got a lizard to carry across a bridge, which is apparently <laughs> illegal in Kentucky. In, in Kentucky. So, awesome. Uh, you know, it's really interesting some of the civil disobedience that people are doing, and I, I can't wait to shine a light on some of this stuff. It's going to be fun. So, uh, once again, uh, Victimless Crime Spree on Facebook. Great way to contact Derek. And then also uh, LiveForYourDance.com to follow along. That's right. Uh, 855-450-FREE. And I'm excited to hopefully be able to announce the release of your film, which we're hoping is going to be finished up at some point this week. So that's yep. in the hopper, and we'll let you know as uh, – we will let you know the night it is released here on uh, on Free Talk Live. It's really close. Uh, we're just adding the finishing touches and just brushing up a few things. It's, but it's, it's great. Everything is pretty much done. So exciting. Let's go to Helen. She's listening in Ithaca, New York, to WNYY. Hey, Helen. Hi there. Um, I was going back to the topic you were talking about young persons, you know, and mm-hmm. um, and without boring you to death, I'll, I don't want to tell you like my life story, but I've been working since I was like six. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, you know. What did you like do? Parents... Well, uh, the first corny thing I did was um, I found some catalog thing that you know that I would sell people these like stupid greeting cards and, like, tacky, like, you know, thingamajiggers that you'd put on your table or something. And I was just like a cute little kid going door-to-door selling this crap, you know. And then when I was old enough to babysit, I would do that. And I'm wondering, like, why would you want, like, a 12-year-old to babysit for your kids, you know. Anyhow, 
And then when I was 13, I was a candy striper at the Heinz VA in Chicago. And then when I was 14, I lied about my age and said I was 16. I started... <laughs> nice. What happened? My parents wouldn't... Uh, my father would give me an allowance, and my mother would say, I don't believe in that. You know, so mm. then uh, he'd stop giving an allowance, and I was the eldest person. So anyhow, but I wasn't really calling about myself, but... Um, Anyhow, that was no, but that's a, that's a great story. And would you say that having all of that experience uh, helped you become a more responsible, and mature individual at an earlier age? Oh, I, I know. All, all I knew is no one was going to pay for me, so I had to do it myself. But you always but had a strong think... personal work ethic, Helen. And it sounds like you were a bit of an entrepreneur. Did you ever have a lemonade stand? I'm curious. <laughs> Yes, I did. Yeah, that I forget about that. Yeah, that was kind of an off on and off thing, you know. So, sure. But uh, and I enlisted my siblings in that too. I I was like the boss. Wow, you had told. employees already. Yeah, I had employees. Yeah. Incredible. But um, what I was talking about is what kids need now is uh, going back now retro. Um, there are two things that are missing in most school systems, and one, and they're sort of related, but not. You know, you you might not see that immediately. We need to start teaching kids about civics again, you know, and about... I don't know. What do you mean by that? Civics? Yeah. Talking about, like, politics, about progressive movements, about, you know, the civil rights movement, about, you know, like, that's not happening. You don't think so? I know so. I mean, I know that we learned a few things about the civil rights movement when I was in school. I remember that. No, I did too. But we're, we're you're not in high school anymore, That's right true. now. Derek J, you uh, you're in your early twenties. You're the closest to high school of the uh, the three of us on the the line here. I don't know. I I took a, a lot of um, AP American history classes. I have a feeling I was getting a different impression than than everyone did else. You learn but I still got this? a hardcore government slanted uh, view of things. So yeah, I mean, we we heard about politics, but I, even during the election, I was re- I'm really confused even still about how it all works. I mean, some sometimes there are even callers. Uh, the one <laughs> earlier, I didn't even know what sort of position he was talking about. And know, he's an elected yeah. official. I, yeah, so well, admittedly, I'm pretty clueless about politics. Helena, I can say that's true. I get it when you say that you know you want to teach kids about progressivism, but there are obviously people out there listening that wouldn't want that for well, their whatever. kids. Just history, you well, know, they're not getting it now. Well, I mean, and here's the problem the is that you've got these one-size-fits-all government uh, schools that are – there's some central bureaucrat going to make a decision as to what the curriculum should be. And if that bureaucrat is a conservative, then the curriculum's likely going to be more conservative. If the yeah, bureaucrat I, is I, I, progressive, so it's going to be more progressive. More, everything's become more conservative. So uh, the head of the New York State Bar really? Association has been running these ads on this station that you're broadcast on, this uh, 1470 AM uh, Cayuga Radio Group, and mm-hmm. and he's saying, if you care about this, please, you know, ca- call your schools, call your representatives, that your kids are not learning anything about civics. And he, I don't even know if he's Republican, Democrat, Socialist, uh, Communist, I don't know, but he's just saying the kids need to learn about that. Well, right, I want, so I want young gonna... people not to learn about civics. I want them to learn about how government is unnecessary. This monopoly on violence that we currently have today is uh, yeah, not only unnecessary yeah. but dangerous to uh, to yeah, human and, freedom. And, 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 and it puts us all in debt, and we're all paying for it. Well, and what it, what and... this whole system does, Helen, is it it pits people against one another. The most one of the the worst parts about the government school system is it's a one size fits all system. So everybody who has an interest in 
uh, you, you know, inculcating the youth with their belief system is constantly struggling over control of this thing. So, you know, That's one like set of parents. Texas, where they control the textbooks and stuff. But, you know, you could have an open minded um, curriculum, too. You, and I you ultimately that I can't. And the, and the reason why you can't have that. that, Helen, the reason why you can't is because what you think is open-minded, other people won't, and they'll always disagree with you. Parents will always I'm disagree. Not, I, I don't believe in forcing ideas in any Thank way. goodness. I'm glad that learn, you don't. Learn how to think analytically, okay? That's what you should learn how to do, you know? Look, I'm right, with so you I'm on that, he- this, Helen. I don't. I don't agree topic. with forcing, uh, you know, any ideas either. But unfortunately, no, I mean, we do have a government like learning about uh, civics is a general term for like learning about history, government, politics, you know, whatever. Just learning about this thing that's controlling. Sure, you but the problem is that it's going it. to be the pro-government, uh, you know, viewpoint that is given in the government schools, well, and I don't agree with that. Me, I turned out okay, but well, maybe you did, but I, you know, and I turned out okay too. But a lot of young people are not turning out okay. They're turning into, you know, thugs and people who aren't responsible, as we were just yeah. discussing earlier. The only cool. real solution to give you what you want and me what I want and everybody else what they want is to get rid of the, not the monopoly on education known as the government schools and then just allow the marketplace to handle it. And I thank you, Helen, uh, for the call tonight. 855-453. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Hey, college students. The Independent Institute in Oakland, California, is putting on the Challenge of Liberty Seminar this summer. You can spend a week connecting with other liberty-minded students from around the world, attending seminars with libertarian luminaries, and grappling with pressing issues facing the world's economy and its people. Go to seminar.freetalklive.com. It's one ninety-five for the class and 300 for the room and meals at the beautiful Notre Dame de Namur University in Belmont, California. Seminar.freetalklive.com. Live, dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll-free line 1-855-450-3733. By the way, speaking of SACL CAI, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, get in touch with SACL CAI. They'll do collections, early out billing, and purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients down the line as well. SACL CAI. You can see their banner right at the top of the Free Talk Live banner column over at freetalklive.com. That's SACL, C-A-I. As we continue here, we will take your calls about what you want. Also uh, mentioned that wanted to talk about foie gras. There's a restaurant in San Francisco that has become one of the few and the proud, the few businesses willing to civilly, disobediently act in uh, pursuance of their business. Because most business owners are way too chicken to do something that involves breaking openly some sort of government statute or city ordinance or some kind of law. And any, any uh, business owner that decides to go through civil, uh, with civil disobedience, I love to talk about it because I wish more of them would. Because when business owners do this stuff, it gets news. And it encourages, I think, other people to think outside the box and think about, well, what would happen if I just said no? 
well, what would happen if I just refused to do what they're telling me to do? What would happen if I refused to pay the, the tax? Or what would happen if I refused to jump through the, uh, the arbitrary hoop they're putting up for me? I especially love civil disobedience that's centered around food because it, it always involves you've got two parties, so the, the one selling and preparing the food and the customer who is like, yes, yes, I want that and I'm willing to pay. So who is going to get in the way of that? How dare anyone get in between someone who is preparing food for someone and the person who's willing to eat and pay for it? So here's a story from Reuters. Housed in a converted infantry barracks on a former U.S. Army base, the Presidio Social Club never attracted much attention from San Francisco's avid gourmets until Saturday night. That's when foie gras lovers descended on the restaurant to have their first taste of the delicacy since California imposed a ban on July 1st. Now, by the way, this is the first I've heard of this ban. Uh, we talked about the foie gras ban in, uh, in Chicago uh, once upon a time, and I believe it was just Chicago. I don't think it was all of Illinois, but it's been a while. It's now, been what's, several years. what's the goal of this ban? Is it for health reasons, or do no. people just think it's... It's downright nasty. They or think what? it's cruel. Uh, what is done to the geese or ducks in the case of uh, foie gras? It is uh, usually they are force-fed, uh, and they, essentially, their foie gras. Let's see. According to Wikipedia, is a, a food product made of the liver or a liver of a duck or goose that has uh, been specially fattened. Means meaning force-fed. And so, some people look at this process as abusive toward the animals, and they believe that uh, therefore foie gras should be prohibited. And so that's what they did in Chicago a few, probably been several years now since they did this. And they ended up repealing the ordinance in Chicago, if I'm recalling correctly. But I don't know if any businesses actually violated the, uh, the ban. In this case, uh, foie gras lovers came upon the restaurant to have the uh, foie gras, which is, uh, has been prohibited. Animal rights activists fought for the law because they detest the way foie gras is made, uh, the force-feeding of ducks or geese to fatten their livers. Some fans of traditional French cuisine find the ban just as hard to swallow. Restaurant owner Ray Tang and general manager Maureen Donegan reasoned the restaurant can legally ignore state law because the Presidio, now managed mostly as a national park, has remained federal property even after being decommissioned by the Army. Businesses on federal property must adhere to federal regulations which trump state ones, they say. So, hmm. not the most ballsy form of civil disobedience, you know, in that they believe that it wasn't civil disobedience. Like, they have their legal position on this, but they are still within the jurisdiction of California. And I imagine if California's health code or whoever it is that's doing this uh, enforcement wanted to, they could go and make a move. Well, it's it's not just about making a point in front of the police. It seems like they're also making a point to the activists who are, you know, against this this uh, food, this foie, foie gras, am yeah. I saying? Okay. They're going to face some some uh, retribution, some uh, kick... I don't, I don't know. The people are going to be upset and they're going to be protesting the same way that people protest in front of those fur places. Um, right. So, Which only brings more attention to the restaurant when people do that. Yeah, it really seems like a good move. I, I would think if, if they have enough customers that they're able to stay open and, and serve this and they're one of the only places in town that's doing it. They're, they're going to do a lot of business. Absolutely smart business. In fact, uh, Tang and Donegan timed their event for Bastille Day, the French national holiday, hired a publicist, and even sent out a press release about this. Uh, they told Reuters that there are a lot of people who are upset about not being able to do something they have a right to do, so we just decided to go ahead and do it. The next step was to celebrate independence. 
By Saturday, the drab clapboard building was on the map as never before, with diners claiming every one of its 117 seats. A dozen activists chanting outside and Park Service police, some of them on horseback, struggling to make sure the two groups didn't clash. Protesters chanted, Helpless ducks are force-fed! Eat somewhere else instead! Dana Portnoy, 32, resident of nearby Oakland and member of the Animal Protection and Rescue League, organized the demonstrators who held banners and placards displaying photographs of brutalized birds. She said, we're here to educate consumers that they care more about serving a cruel delicacy than abiding by the law. Portnoy described horrific conditions in a foie gras facility that she had visited, ducks too sick to stand up, asphyxiating on their own blood from feeding tube wounds or choking on the corn they were forced to swallow. Okay, that's that stuff's really gross imagery and everything, but like, how nice are, are ducks and, and geese? Has, has anyone... No one has these things for pets, right? They're not fun, cute animals ducks that are, are cute. nice to... No, they're not. Uh, well, okay, that can be your opinion, but have you ever been around one? They get nasty, and they've got the... It's it's not like they purr or anything, no, like cats. They're, they're not yeah. friendly. Yeah. They're, they sound awful, yeah. and they go after small children. There's there's just... <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing attractive to me about geese. They're, they're just hideous animals, and they're angry and filthy. So why not force feed them and, and eat them? I don't know, man. I'm a vegetarian. I, I'm not going after this type of food, but I, I don't I don't find it particularly cruel. That's interesting because I can understand why people are disturbed by this. I mean, nobody wants to see that stuff happen. I don't want to work in a slaughterhouse. I'm not interested in, you know, these roles, but I'm grateful when I can go to the store and I can pick up, uh, you know, some food that has been prepared for me by some people who do some jobs that, frankly, I find really undesirable. And I think that there are certainly more... Uh, you know, when it comes to uh, raising animals to be eaten, there are more friendly ways to do these things. And I don't know if there is a friendly way to force feed Why an animal. Why be friendly? You're about to kill it and eat it. It's not like it's your friend. I'm I'm sorry, but I have no sympathy for these people who are like, oh, the poor geese. <laughs> get real. Well, I get where you're where you're coming from, and I I tend to uh, be of the viewpoint that you know. We're here to enjoy life, and uh, animals can help us enjoy uh, life. And that uh, if the animals were big enough, they would be feeding on us. Well, and so they're your they're, property, right? Like I it, mean, it's a, it's also a private property issue. It's your that's if true. it's your goose, then you can do with it what you want. You can, but obviously, you just can't swing it around by the neck and hit your neighbor. You, you can't you can't hurt other people. But it, you're absolutely right, uh, Derek. But that uh, people that are doing these things that are um, you know raising these animals to slaughter them can get more, I think, affinity from a lot of their customers if they're doing it in a more humane fashion. There's of course, just, yeah. They're going to... No one... I don't want to be... Say I were not a vegetarian and I were going to this place to get foie gras. I don't want to know that the, the animal, like, suffered unnecessarily. I don't yeah. want to see some butcher with a big grin on his face who's just, like, stuffing an animal's well, throat. Well, the argument is it is unnecessary because you're, you're force-feeding an animal. I mean, you... That's completely unnecessary is essentially what the uh, the uh, opposition is saying here. Like, well, you know, go ahead and have your duck. Go ahead and have your goose. But why do you have to force feed the thing? I don't know. Honestly, it would make me feel a little bit better if the butcher felt sad as he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that makes, I think that makes a difference. I don't know. I don't know. You, do you think somebody could have a job like that and, and, you know, feel sad about it? I would think you'd have to be somebody Maybe, who can yeah, shut off your emotions and be willing to just go through with this. Maybe they're just really proud of it. Horrible process. It sounds terrible. I, I don't want to see someone smiling about pain. But I 
you know, as, as much as I might disagree with the process of force-feeding anything and anyone, it's not my duck, it's not my restaurant, it's not my thing. If that's what you want to do, then you should be able to. 855-453-FREE. We can talk more about uh, the foie gras band here in moments, and you can share your thoughts, too. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain, but enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. Maybe you want to share how you feel about foie gras, as it apparently has been banned throughout California. This was uh, news to me. just discovered it because of a uh, news piece here from Reuters about a restaurant that has defied the ban. We'll tell you more about it here in moments. Also, want to tell you about bitcoins. It is... Something that I'm pretty excited about, and a lot of other people are as well. In fact, I heard earlier today that Bitcoins had uh, come near the $10 mark, so they are on their way up uh, in a big way. It's uh, like about a week ago they were at 6 bucks, so they've increased by at least 50% over the last week uh, in their value as compared to U.S. dollars. These are an amazing concept. And I have to say concept because it's not an actual product. It's not something physical. It's not something that you can actually uh, touch. Bitcoins are digital. Now, somebody has come out with sort of a physical representation of it, but Bitcoins can never leave the Internet. They can never actually leave. Uh, It's uh, something that's completely decentralized. It's mathematically impossible for these things to be counterfeited or inflated. There's no government that's in charge of the Bitcoin. In fact, governments around the world are threatened by the existence of the Bitcoin because the Bitcoin allows you to do business Without anyone's permission. You don't have to jump through the gatekeeper's hoops. You don't have to apply for some kind of an account. You don't have to go through a credit check. You don't have to you know, beg. You don't have to entreat. You don't have to do anything to get uh, Bitcoins uh, besides you know, buy them. And there's, you know, there are middlemen like uh, BitInstant.com that will connect you to the Bitcoin. So you can actually use BitInstant.com and you can go to 700,000 locations like including banks, including 7-Eleven, Western Union, various different locations you can walk into, deposit uh, cash, and then have them tur- have that cash turned into Bitcoins online. Then you can, you can use those Bitcoins for whatever you want, and nobody can stop you. It is incredible what Bitcoins are going to do and what they already are doing for the digital economy. Go to WeUseCoins.org to learn more about the Bitcoin. That's WeUseCoins.org. Go learn about it before you get into it. There's a little bit of a learning curve, but it's not hard to grasp what the, the concept is. Essentially, it's a completely distributed, decentralized currency that uh, is untouchable by the aggressors of the state. They cannot take this one out. Unlike the uh, the Liberty Dollar, which I was a big fan of in the last decade, uh, they, the Liberty Dollar was taken out. They uh, they had a centralized office. There was a, It was a company. It was just a matter of the Fed's raiding their office and raiding their vault and taking all their money. Bitcoin can happen. 
There's no way they can take this thing down. And I, you know, I don't, I, I sound like I'm cocky saying something like that, but I really firmly believe that there, there's just no way they can do it. It's completely decentralized. There are so many nodes on the system. It's a peer-to-peer system, much in the same way that uh, Napster or Torrents and you know all these other things are peer-to-peer. You can take one of the peers out, but there's you know millions of others, and so you can't take the whole network down if you're the government. And haha. So go to weusecoins.org. It is incredible. And then go to bitinstant.com to get your first Bitcoins and get started. Now then, we're talking about the foie gras ban that has come into effect in California as of July 1st. There's a restaurant in San Francisco called the Presidio Social Club that has decided that they're going to go ahead and serve foie gras anyway. Now, it's not the most... Uh, it's not the most ballsy form of uh, civil disobedience because they are on what used to be, I guess, an army base. And it's even though it's been decommissioned, it's still considered federal property. And so they're saying that that means the state law doesn't apply. They're justifying it with black magic. This isn't like yeah. uh, they're openly defying some city ordinance. Well, they're kind of defying it because... But they're, they're claiming not to be in the city. They Right. They don't believe the city can do anything about it. And uh, I don't know if that means they've consulted a lawyer and that's their, uh, their opinion. But either way, the restaurant plans to continue serving foie gras despite the uh, alleged horrific conditions that the ducks and the geese are kept in and force-fed. Uh, Portnoy, this is uh, one of the... Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, I, I hope that this sends a message to the people who really oppose foie gras and um, what it is and uh, what it takes to produce it, that when you prohibit something, you get more of it, uh, mm. typically. So... This is a totally predictable move. You know, you you prohibit alcohol and then you get the Al Capones that, uh, you know, come up and take the place. But this isn't a total prohibition. This isn't a, you know, like a nationwide prohibition. This is a California prohibition. So when you do But where does it lead? There are going to be other prohibitions. Well, the market moves. It moves in relation to it. So like in in certain areas of the country, they have blue laws that uh, make it so you can't buy alcohol in dry counties. Well, of course, those people just go to the county next door and they drive buy their alcohol Mm -hmm. and drive home as they're drinking it. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of consequences that come from uh, prohibition. So the wider the prohibition, the more likely it is to become a black market product however if foie gras is only prohibited in california it's just likely that uh, you know elko nevada is going to have a place that sells foie gras and people are going to travel there to get their foie gras rather than you know some sort of black market foie there, gras dealer coming. there are always going to be unintended consequences though it's just going to be interesting to see what type of uh, uh consequences come from these perverse incentives the enforcement of the foie gras law in San Francisco falls to the Animal Care and Control Department, and its director was unsure what authority she had in the Presidio. She says it's not an unusual question to raise, citing an ongoing dispute about dog leash laws in the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. The state attorney general's office also withheld opinion. They said, we have not looked into it. Others have tried to work around the ban. 30 miles away in Mountain View, California, Shea TJ Restaurant was serving foie gras without listing it on the menu. Hmm. The general manager of that restaurant says it was given away by the chef as a complimentary gift at his discretion, noting that the law bans the sale and production of foie gras, but not the possession or the consumption of it. So that's kind of a smart move, right? Wow. Where 
the you know essentially they could do the old deal where you know you put wink some, at the waitress and she'll gift it to right, you. Right, you could know the code, or you could order like a drink and pay thirty five dollars for the drink, and the drink comes with a free foie gras or something like that. <laughs> like there could be one of those things. Oh, that would be cute. Uh, so there's you know some creative. Hopefully uh, a, a thirty five dollar toothpick or something that'll be useful for the uh, the meal. Back at the Presidio Social Club, which contrary to its name is a public restaurant with no membership, diners figured they would enjoy their loophole as long as it lasts. Tang ordered enough foie gras for 562-ounce servings. Whoa. Stunning, said customer Greg Pelling, 52, who was enjoying a $20 plate of foie gras sliders. He says the pineapple adds a slight acidity, and paired with the Sauterne wine, it's amazing. So customers wow, were some real connoisseurs. Up. Yeah, I mean they had a they they filled the restaurant 117 seats full. Well, they this put out a press release. Right. It's, it's that's going to happen. It's incredible. A brilliant move on their part. Is it really civil disobedience? You know, I say it is because uh, I, you know it skirts the line in that they believed it wasn't, so they weren't actually intending. You know, it, from their perspective, it wasn't civil disobedience, but. The there would be nothing to stop the animal control department, who's the enforcing division here. Nothing would stop them from coming in and making an arrest. If they wanted to arrest the restaurant owner, they totally could do that. If no, they it's the spirit of what they're doing. It is civil disobedience because it's open defiance. Someone, even if it's not a law, someone is saying you can't do that, mm-hmm. and they're saying yes, I can, and, we and will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's fantastic that yeah. uh, you know that, that not only. Are these people uh, standing up to naysayers, but they're making a, a bunch of money doing it. So good for them. Absolutely. I think it's fantastic. And I just wish we would see more of this. But I understand why we don't. It's because business owners... They don't want to do civil disobedience. They didn't get in business to do disobedience. No, they they're, they're in it to make profit, and right. it, it puts their profit at serious risk if they're put in jail or their restaurants closed. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I don't blame them for it. But also, there's a certain point at which a business owner can be regulated out of business. We talked last week. Uh, you weren't here on this particular night, but uh, when Allie was on on Friday night, we talked about the uh, the. There are these cigarette rolling stores that mm-hmm. have been completely put out of business, and it's some federal law that basically categorizes them as a manufacturer, and they weren't categorized as that before. And now, in order to be a manufacturer, they got to jump through all kinds of hoops, and you know, there's fees and inspections and ridiculous uh, laws that they have to uh, align themselves with in order to be considered a manufacturer. And who wants to go into business as an entrepreneur when you never know what's going to come down the government chute? Well, right. It's uh, it's an intimidating process just being an entrepreneur because of that. Uh, but you know, nonetheless, these guys had gone and they had entre- you know been entrepreneurs and they had started their own business, but they were shut down by this regulation. So eventually, the regulations and the taxes become so high that it, you can't do your business anymore. So. The problem with being obedient is that it leads to the eventual failure of your business if you get targeted by the government. Maybe you'll get lucky and you'll be in some sort of business where they decide to, you know, you just don't happen to get targeted by some law or regulation. But these guys were. They had uh, profitable businesses selling rolled cigarettes to people or allowing them to roll their own cigarettes on the store premises. And now they're all out of business. This is the week that they, they essentially are shutting down. They're, they're selling out the rest of their stock of rolling tobacco. They can't let the customers use the machine anymore and they're done so it's at the point where you've got everything to lose when or when you're going to lose everything when you should do some civil disobedience keep operating the store keep it open i mean you pay for that machine why not keep going ahead and and go for it see what happens let them take you to court they see the writing on the wall 
It's just terrible. If more people would stand up for their freedoms, we'd have more of them. Anyway, we're out of time for tonight. Derek J., uh, visit him online at Victimless Crime Spree on Facebook. We'll see you tomorrow. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here. And I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com.